Welcome to Candy Bar Antler Boy, a series where I, Mike Rappin, discuss the Netflix original series Sweet Tooth live on the I Read Comic Books Discord stage with anyone and everyone who wants to chat. Every week we'll be discussing one episode of the TV series and chatting about the comic of the same name by Jeff Lemire, originally published by Vertigo Comics. Now let's get into this show. Today we're talking about episode three. This is called Weird Deer Shit. I've got a couple of people here listening. Danny, you want to come on? Danny, you've been here since the first episode. I'm going to bring you on to chat really quick. What did you think of episode three of Netflix's Sweet Tooth? Because I've got a whole bunch of notes. My first thought was that it's a little. it was a little bit of a boring episode, but at the same time, offered some really interesting stuff what did you think danny boring oh mike i have one note and i'll tell you what it is okay later uh when we get to it um i think also are you gonna change the name of your show to caramel apple boy i mean caramel apple antler boy i mean i might have to after how this episode turned out i actually thought that was probably one of the cutest moments of the episode of the series so far of him uh, you know, Gus just being very excited about the idea of a caramel apple, or however uh, yeah. Jeopard said. I think he he pronounced it caramel. I would have said caramel apple. You know, yeah. it's it's a colloquialism thing, I guess. Yeah, yeah. This show, and I kind of, I guess now I figured it out. It's like that meme that's like, oh, this is a nice show you have here. It'd be a shame if somebody made it sad, <laughs> <laughs> because every episode it's like. Oh, something wholesome is happening, and then it gets real bleak. Right. And then when you think you're out of it, you're like, nope, we're going to kick you while you're down. But Yeah. But I, I thought this was a pretty entertaining episode. It was definitely shorter mm-hmm. uh, than the past two, but but I felt the pacing was good. We were a little bit all over the place with the stories. Right, right. Um. I mean, that was the thing. I mean, when I said this episode was kind of boring, I think my problem with it was, you know, we, we get we get through a lot of different things. We're going to go to the train. Kids are going to Colorado. Um, we get a little bit more insight with Dr. Singh. I think we get a lot more, you know, breakdown of what he's yeah. actually doing. And I think we're, you know, to think about the comic, we're kind of seeing how the character that we're introduced to in the show might become the character from the comic. But before I get too deep into that, you know, we're flipping back and forth between these two um, character storylines, and I really like that. You know, it kind of reminds me of how other shows like Game of Thrones and, you know, other big pre- prestige dramas have kind of done their storytelling in order to keep you interested in different pieces. Um, but ultimately, like, I felt like the Colorado stuff was pretty much like meandering. And the Dr. Singh stuff was the stuff that I was the most interested in. Um, I mean, I know there's, like, the the intro of the episode, which I thought was interesting, of, like, the kids playing VR, and they're like, we gotta go mm-hmm. save a hybrid, and they kind of march out as if, like, music should have been swelling behind them in, like, a weird musical number, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. The whole the whole episode was was kind of like you said it was short, but I also felt like the story for the episode was weak. Like the 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 plot A of the story was a little bit weak with Gus and Jeopard. I, I definitely agree with the story was weak as far as stuff happening. I think world building wise, it was very deep because you get to see a lot of different aspects sure. of of what we're doing. And and as somebody that hasn't read that far into the comics, and even this like this feels all out of place, but but uh. But I think I like the world building that we're seeing, like, there's other factions, and then, you know, what it's like to have a market, and it, it raises a lot of questions about how this society kind of reorganized after after the, the sick, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> because it's it's very, uh, it feels very weird, like, like you don't really have currency, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a lot of trading. 
Yeah, trading for uh, unexpired, unopened <laughs> batteries. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels it feels weird and unorganized. Yeah. Up until you kind of get to the other society where Doctor Singh is, mm-hmm. that feels a lot more structured. Which could also be like a terrifying thing, you know. Right. As it we is. Get it to, is a question. That part of the story. Yeah, and it is a question that we kind of have to, you know, ask ourselves as, you know, we saw in the episode, what is the price for the level of structure that these people hold? Obviously, you know, Dr. Singh and his wife, they were able to go to a party and it was like a Survivor's Day party or something, which I totally understand that. It's a bunch of people that are just trying to survive. Uh, And I I think it was interesting to see, like, this sense of normalcy. Like, up until the moment where this guy's pinky starts twitching, you know, we saw... A lot of like normal things, people playing goofy games and giving toasts and acting like they were living out a regular life. Um, of course, it's under this guise that at the drop of a hat, the entire world, your entire life could be ended simply because you show symptoms of a thing. And I mean, to me, that's that was the other thing of, of this episode was just the, the other shoe fell. And we got to see like that this perfect world or this much better world that that Dr. Singh is living in is extremely harsh and dark. And this is the price that I think people are paying is is that this unexpected, untraceable disease, it seems, could just take you at any moment. And that might be the end of things. And the people in this town have no hesitation about just getting you out of out of town like i think they had to sacrifice the sentimentality and like the relationships that you have with other people out of a sake of survival right right no that's definitely i mean yeah that's definitely it right like you there's such unease in the world now and and that was the one note i took uh it just says burning down the house like that's the that's the way to solve it oh okay i thought you were talking like about like the song or something oh no 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 like (laughs) I mean, that would have been funny. But yeah, yeah, like burning down the houses that that feels like a you put your community like do the neighbors know that they're gonna burn down the house? Is that a control I don't know, I had a lot of questions about their method. Yeah. Of, I mean how it's, they solve it's, things. It seemed pretty controlled. Obviously they had done it to someone else. Um I think, you know, the implication that Doctor Singh gave of just like, well, this guy didn't like to go to parties and now look at his house, I thought was like a oh, no, this is actually much darker of a world that they live in than I would have expected. Uh, yeah. But it, I think it was that guy was sick. And, you know, his, so his worry, you know, because I think walking into the episode, I didn't, like, his wife being sick is is obviously the, the core worry for, for, you know, Singh's entire life. But, you know, him having this, this worry of, like, oh, well, maybe she's not 100%, and if we go to this party, people are going to be concerned – and we didn't actually understand what it was. Like, I thought that that reveal of like, hey, we're going to burn down this fucking house um, was quite something. Yeah. <laughs> it was a bit like, oh, so there's like a lot of actual genuine worry. Um, no matter who you are in this town or village, uh, people will simply say that it's for the good of the community to remove right. you from the scenario. It's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. I think another thing I really liked about that whole story with the doc- with Dr. Singh and his wife mm-hmm. was when they showed... That they still maintain their spirituality, even if they're everything that's gone through. Like, you see them, yeah. I guess, maybe praying or giving thanks or whatever, whatever it may be. Uh, which seems kind of like, I don't know, like in an apocalyptic world, like, not losing your faith like that would be something pretty difficult. So it just kind of goes to show, like, you know, it builds a little bit of their character without, like, just hammering you over the head, over the head with it. Yeah. It just yeah. kind of gives you the view as to who they really are. 
Uh, yeah. I love their relationship. Yeah, the doctor and his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, they're kind of like they're committed for each other, and and like, he hasn't given in to like, yeah, I need to save my wife, so I'm gonna cross this line. Well, until <laughs> right until the end of the episode, or ne- I mean, near the end of the episode, I think he decided yeah. that like there was no other choice, which is uh, kind of the fanatic side of the of Doctor Singh that I think we as someone who's read the comic book and maybe other comic book readers are thinking like, that's the character that we, we recognize Dr. Singh has been broken. And I think, I think that the show is doing a really good job of showing the destruction of this man's like morals and maybe even not just morals, but just like his, his inability to, to resist the want to save his, his wife in order to essentially just, keep some sort of sanity in his life um so while he is breaking himself down uh he definitely uh has to i don't know do whatever he needs to in order to survive i guess i don't know i'm 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 meandering on this because i'm i'm still processing it as, as, as i'm thinking about it yeah no i i completely agree it, it's it's an interesting look at what you would do in that in that uh in that spot um yeah because you know, like he's a doctor, he's a man of science. He has to believe the data's there, mm-hmm. but then also, like, how far are you willing to go with what we still don't? I mean, right at this point, we're still probably imagining that the worst thing, and it probably is the worst thing that we can imagine that he has to do. Well, uh, yeah. Well, I think the, but, you know the story immediately, you know, implied implied based off of the yeah. the writings of the previous doctor. I think her name is Doctor Bell. Um, yeah. That he's going to have to experiment using hybrids. I mean, there was some messed up stuff like x-rays of kids with, with, uh, you know, like beaks and all this other stuff, like tearing apart and dissection oh, yeah. and stuff. And like bone I mean, marrow notes and stuff's dark. Uh, and I, I think Kate's <laughs> going to jump on here in a second to, to talk about, uh, Dr. Singh a little bit, but, um, I, I just, to, just to finish my thought, like, I think, you know, we're, we're waiting for that next moment. I think Dr. Singh in the story was waiting for that delivery to be like hybrid parts or a child inside of a box or something. Um, because at this point, you know, there are no, uh, no, no hybrids older than Gus. And so he knows that these, whatever hybrids that he's going to have, or they, these, these deliverers are going to bring to him, um, they're going to be young and that's going to break his brain. Uh, Kate, how are you doing tonight? Welcome to Candy Bar Antler Boy. Yeah, thank you. I definitely have thoughts on this episode. Okay. This one, I feel like it was packed with world building. Danny had kind of mentioned that. And uh, in reference to Singh's part of the story, my biggest problem with this kind of, of storytelling where you have multiple different timelines is that sometimes they don't feel like they're connected and sometimes they never do sure. um, in other shows, not necessarily this one. But I noticed something in this episode that really does connect um, Gus's storyline and Singh's storyline. Mm-hmm. And that's where when Gus is in um, in the bus, you see this little figurine of a cowboy and then the scene switches, and it's the fig- it's the big statue of the cowboy in Singh's office. So we have some kind of connection between Jeopard and Singh. Like Jeopard has been to that location either before or after, uh. basically the apocalypse. You know, and it's I don't know. It's just these little details like that where it's like we don't know for sure that they're ever going to cross paths at this point in the show, mm-hmm. but there's this, this suggestion that maybe like 
where does Jeopard get his his pills every time? Is it always the same place? Or maybe he's going to go and meet Singh, like, at his office someday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that really, you know, Jeopard, we don't know what his history is, right? We don't know where he's been before this. And it seems like he's got a very, very strong sense of the land, especially in this, like, Nebraska, Wyoming, Colorado, wherever the hell they are, you know, um, a Pacific Northwest world where they seem to be living. It seems like he's kind of been everywhere and anywhere to, you know, just survive. Um, you know, what his story is, we don't necessarily know. I think, you know, as someone who's, if you're reading the comic book, you you know what Jeopard's backstory is, how, how close they're going to stick to that in this story. We have no idea because already the story has extre- deviated extremely from what the opening of the um, comic book is. So I'm, I, but I don't feel like they've discarded anything, right? You know, the, the, the direction that the show has gone doesn't necessarily take away from the potential plot points from the comic. I think I said that on previous episodes. So I'm, I'm really excited to see how they're going to connect all that stuff together. And when it comes to someone like Jeopard, you know, his past can stay a mystery for as long as they want until they really want to crack that, you know, acorn or something um, to, to really show us what's on the inside of this guy, because he's, he's a mystery man who seems to know everything. And I think that makes him a really interesting character, but uh, you know, just like every character in this kind of show, we want a backstory. We're getting Dr. Singh's backstory. We kind of got a backstory for, for Amy. I should say we got a large summarized backstory for Amy in the last episode. So when are we going to see Jeopard's backstory? Is it going to be this season? Maybe not. Who knows? Um, but yeah, him him just being all over the place makes total sense. So I wouldn't be surprised if he'd been out there uh, to wherever Singh is. You know, Who knows how far away it is? The other thing that I was that I was in, I was interested about was like kind of the reveal of this rescue group that we saw, uh, you know the the kids that were playing VR and they said, oh no, a hybrid's in trouble. We better go. And I, I felt like it was a little bit more upbeat in my mind. It was a little bit more upbeat than I think it was portrayed because these kids were living in this amusement park and stuff, uh, and they decide to find wherever Gus is. I think it's they were looking for Gus at least um and then they eventually come across him and then at the end of the episode you know um they end up literally killing a bunch of dudes who were going to take Gus and uh Jeopard to wherever to Abbott who we see at the you know turn of the episode as well um but I thought that that was the addition of this group was really interesting because it doesn't exist in the comic it's kind of implied that there are gangs of people who dress up as hybrids um or dress up in animal skins and stuff like that but they aren't anything more than just like fodder for Jeopard to beat up momentarily. But this is clearly a different group than the people that are working for the state or working for whatever Abbott's America, I think someone says. So uh, I don't remember if they said Abbott's America, if they said something else. But you know, either way, it was clearly there's a, a person in charge. Um, and it's, I think it's that guy that we saw at the end of the episode with the with the glasses. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What did you what was your guys' take on that? I don't know, Danny, uh, if you want to start. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, they look super cool. Uh, I was I was kind of sure. I can see they, I definitely could see people cosplaying that you know once cons start up and are safe to yeah. go to. Uh, they they definitely teased them at the end of last episode, mm-hmm. and and the the beginning as you mentioned was kind of weird, um, because it it really felt out of place. Like sometimes I don't know how places still have as much electricity as they do, or but I don't I don't try to I try not to get too bogged down stuff like that. Movie magic um, usually was yeah. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. is providing all the power to this right, world. Right, right, right. Um, but, yeah, I like, I mean, like I said, the narration in this show has actually been something that's, it really adds to the show as opposed to, like, so, sometimes it just kind of feels overdone. But in this case, like, 
it really presents like a thesis to the episode. Like, this is what we're going to be talking about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then as you go through the episode, you're like, yeah, leadership is a big theme throughout the episode and all the stories, really. Um, right? Uh, so yeah. I, I definitely want to explore these guys more. Uh, like I said, they look cool. They have, I mean, as of right now, they seem to be like against the, the system or whatever. So like, mm -hmm. you know, Ray John, I'm on board for that. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, Hell yeah. Uh, and and at least to the introduction of the villain who looks terrifying, but yeah, I'm looking forward to learn more about the Abbott as well. Yeah, Kate, what did you think? In terms of the animal kids, I had the same the same thoughts as Danny, pretty much. Like, where are they getting this power? Although that does come up. I mean, I've I've watched the rest of the season, so like, there there is some like reason that we see that i guess but i Jeez. i feel like i don't know like they they exited their hideout under under this this amusement park and we don't see any windmills we don't see any solar panels like mm -hmm. is it geothermal i sure. i don't know where the power is coming from um and they were using a lot of it they had this whole vr game lights like an alarm system computers everything mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and then in terms of, of Jeopard at the end there, like, I don't know, my biggest thought is his glasses. <laughs> his red glasses. Like, on one hand, they're sick, and I want them. And mm -hmm. on the other hand, he looks like an asshole. <laughs> well, yeah, they needed to make Abbott look as, as villainous as possible. You know, I, I love that they did that. I think, you know, that's a straight pull from the comic book, which I absolutely love. Uh, and I think that, you know... Because it's Netflix, and, you know, we said this about the first episode, maybe the second episode, like, they didn't necessarily go full gruesome, and I feel like that's still continued throughout the last couple of episodes. Like, again, they're implying some heavily nasty stuff, you know, seeing worrying about opening up that box and freaking out for a moment, thinking, oh, God, there's going to be dead body parts in here. Um, you know, a lot of that stuff is implied that the terror is there, but I also don't think that they're in your face with, like, the blood and guts and gore, and even when people are getting shot or they're getting killed, you know, it's not like there's a blood splatter on the camera and all that kind of stuff that I think you would see in other action films or other prestige fantasy dramas and stuff. Um and so, you know, t to make people clearly the bad guy or clearly villains, you know, they've done a really good job with costuming, I think, on the show um, in order to establish, like, not only, like, survivability, you know, like, Jeopard is wearing four, five, or six layers, but also, like, maybe he wears those red glasses because he's got sunlight sensitivity, or maybe he wears them because he just wants to look like a villain. Who knows? Um, but they needed something iconic, and I think they did that without making him, like, cartoonish. You know, they gave him that, that one thing that kind of makes him look legitimate. I, I didn't watch that far into The Walking Dead, but I've definitely seen photos of, oh, what's his name, Negan, and, you know, he's got the leather jacket, and it's the dad from yeah. Supernatural, and he looks like a badass, and you're like, oh, he's carrying around that bat, he's gonna mess you up, whatever its name is. Uh, you know, like, they need needed to I'm glad that they like took that idea of a villain and they really made it into something super iconic um and I it's it worked really well and I you know it works well in the comic but I think it works even better in this show yeah I think you need something for especially in the comic medium you need something to identify your villains like the governor had his eye patch mm -hmm. Negan had his bat uh you know and I don't mean to just talk about walking dead villains yeah 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 like I mean yeah Abbott has the glasses and the it, it, it kind of feels like the mirror maybe was thinking like, huh, what if Alan Moore but bald? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it's a good look for a villain, I think. Um, 
But I mean, I think we're going to explore more of that character as the show goes on. I think like I, I going through my list here in my notes. You know, I like the title of the episode for this for this one. Uh, weird deer shit. You know, as <laughs> yeah. as they're coming to uh, the you know the the train station and the market and stuff like that. I, I think at one point uh, Gus does something and he goes, "Oh, sorry, is that weird deer shit?" Like. <laughs> I lost it. Like the for the moments in this show that are super wholesome, they they really really get to me, and I enjoy again that that continuous like innocence and and naivete that that Gus just emits. He's very inspiring. He's a character that you really love, and also he's just adorable, and he does all the right things to make you feel like oh man, he's just he's just a sweet little kid. Like why why would anyone do anything bad to him? You know, I, I I think they've done a really good job of convincing us that this is a character that we should care about because they did nothing wrong. It's just the world that's wrong around them. You know, um, compared to some of the stuff in the comic, you know, I think Gus's character is a little bit more wholesome in the show because instead of being this semi brainwashed kid, who's kind of a yokel um, like he is in the comic. Instead, he's just like, well, my dad kind of taught me this stuff, or my papa taught me all this weird stuff, but, you know, I also explored and am adventurous and have this sense of adventure and, and, and exploration that I want to do, um, and I, I really like that about him, whereas I think in the comic, Gus is just there to survive, <laughs> uh, which is unfortunate, uh, but yeah, I, I I really like the way that they've, they've done that in this, because I think we get a couple of those wholesome moments of Gus experiencing a world that beyond just the forest that he lived in, and not being scared of it. Um, despite there being moments of him being in like a little bit overwhelmed, you know, like when the kids start bullying him and stuff. Um, I do think that he was more, it seemed like he was more in one, like a a sense of wonder versus a sense of shock. Um, did you guys get that at all? Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, any, I mean, Gus is so inquisitive, uh, when, especially when compared to his comic persona. Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah, everything, (laughs) I love the free sample scene. But I mean, we've all been <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. Um, it's the only reason to go everything. to Trader Joe's, right? Yeah, or Sam's Club. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and and I, I expect that inquisitive nature to be the thing that kind of gets him into trouble. Uh, sure. For for a character like that, mm-hmm. uh, I do I do want to say I, I guess my one issue with this episode does come from this part of the story. Because I don't know that the show fully like built up the way that uh, Jeopard was kind of addicted to his pills to to yeah. lead to to what happened. I, I mean, they, <laughs> yeah. I feel like I feel like they never played it up as much to like like, dude, you're home free. Like, you're gonna go against the full military to try to get more drugs, right? Um, right. So I don't know. That was my only the only thing that I was like, okay, I guess I'll have, I'll play along to see yeah. where this goes. Uh, but but other than that, the the market stuff was a lot of fun. Um, it, it introduces him to, I mean, the the, the fact how he hid Gus kind of in plain sight was pretty funny too. But mm-hmm. yeah, the the weird deer sh- shit, like just re- really funny. Yeah, as it well, came back up and over and over. And the thing that that got me about that, I was like, you're gonna disguise this kid as a hybrid. You know, but are people going to think that's weird? And then, of course, we come across a couple of kids that are dressed up as hybrids. I thought that was a really nice touch to show that, like, this is actually a common thing. Like, kids, for some reason, want to be and emulate this idea of hybrids, despite there being this kind of, we're not entirely sure, but partially per- pervasive idea that hybrids are bad in some capacity, um, or people don't trust them. But kids still dress up as them, as I thought was an interesting thing. Um 
but yeah, I, I do have it in my notes as well. Um, and Kate, I want to let you talk as well about this, but, uh, you know, Jeopard suddenly being like this pill addict, like he was, he was just grabbing fists of pills at that, at one point. And I was like, holy shit, dude, you might need to calm down. I, I'm sure that the reason and justification for that is, you know, this is the only time he's ever going to get access to this and the dude's in pain. And, um, I wasn't sure if they were trying to add some like subtle commentary on like the opioid crisis, but like, we know that he's in pain. They made an effort to show that to us. So, um, I don't know. I'm kind of in the middle about it, but I was, I was still a little weirded out by it. Um, Kate, what did you think? Um, I'm going to go someplace totally different with this market scene discussion. Sure, sure, <laughs> sure, sure. Um, it, it opened up this really interesting like thought that we see Jeopard have all of these trophies that are presumably made from some kind of metal. I mean, maybe not gold, but like bronze, perhaps. Bronze, yeah. Um, and he's not using those as currency. I mean, you see that one of them is missing like their head. And for a mm-hmm. second, I was like, oh, he broke it off and you can trade metal mm-hmm. for goods. That's that's a currency. And then he's like, no, I just broke it because I was mad. Um, right. and, then you, and then you see him trading batteries and, and bootlaces and things like that. Um, and it's just really interesting to me that there's no so far at least there's no market for metals like we always think of of like the gold standard or something or collecting gold and silver for if like cash doesn't work in the future um and the you know irl um and then also you see gus grab those those free samples and for a second i was like does he not know about like buying things because he grew up in the woods? Was he never taught that you have to purchase goods? Oh, of um, course not. Why would he be? I think that that's that was like a clear to me at least a clear indication that like he just lived a whole life where like you want something you have it you know within reason you know you're not going to pig out on all your syrup you want to you want to you know hold on to it but like in the moment you know he just saw food and he read the words that said free samples and of course and Jeffrey said to him not like that because <laughs> i think there's like a cultural understanding that like when something says free samples they usually mean like one or two they don't mean grab all of them and shove them directly into your face <laughs> I don't know. Not to not oh. to necessarily completely put down your point because I think he definitely he's definitely well read enough to I think understand the idea of purchasing. Right there, there must have been a story that his that his dad read to him or something that involved an exchange of goods for something else. Right. At least that's my thought. Yeah, I mean, we do eventually hear him say, as said, free samples, like he didn't just fully grab an entire apple or something. So he did have like the idea of what he was, what he was getting. He wouldn't, in theory, wouldn't get in trouble for, but then he did. So, (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know about you guys. I had a couple questions still left on the episode when I left it, Um, mostly because we're three episodes in my biggest question was how gruesome are we going to get with Dr. Singh? But also, are we going to see more hybrids? Not necessarily in the context of Dr. Singh, but in general, do you think that we're going to see more hybrids in the near future? Now, Kate, I think you said you watched the whole season, so no spoilers. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I, so I guess, Danny, <laughs> how, how are you aching to see more, more, uh, more, uh, hybrids in the in the world and i know that there are because i've looked at imdb but like when are we actually going to see them i hope it's not a reveal at the end of the season no i i think i think we may see a few if we get back to the amusement park uh with gus and, and jeopard now that they found the the animal oh. kids as you called them earlier mm-hmm. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, I think they may have. They, I don't think that Gus is the first one they rescued. Okay. Uh, I mean, okay. they have a whole system, right? Even the alarm says IRL. Like, the alarm, it, it reminded me when Kate said IRL earlier. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the alarm tells them this is an IRL alarm. Get off the game. Interesting. Uh, which, yeah. Which is ingenious. Like, yeah, because if you're in VR, I mean, I haven't done it a lot, but you really do get submerged in that world. So totally. you got to snap out of it. Uh, so, yeah, I think we'll see some in the next few episodes. I, I have a feeling... The next one may be more like Abbott's story because you can't introduce... Like, it feels like the show introduces something at the end of one episode and then mm-hmm. expands on it on the next one. Well, except um, for Amy. Like, uh... Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, sort of. I guess, like, the end of last episode was them being showing the, the animal rescue team. I don't know what the name of that is, but I'm just calling them that because it sounds kind of nice. Oh, <laughs> uh, Yeah. But yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely more likely to probably see Abbott's story. I think maybe we'll also get a touch on this, you know, little pig girl that we saw at the end of the second episode um, or in the middle of the second episode. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely more likely to see Abbott, I think, because we need to flesh out that villain, right? Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, I guess. Do you guys have any any final thoughts about this episode? Anything that uh, we left on the table that we weren't able to get to yet? Um, no, but I am really enjoying it doing this week to not just doing this week to week, but watching the show week to week because I get a whole week to just like think about it i don't know i i like this whole scheduled uh television as opposed to just consuming everything up at once <laughs> yeah. but i might try that more often i am doing it with a few things actually mm-hmm. especially since netflix drops everything at once yeah uh, yeah yeah I, i'm i'm enjoying the show a lot so i look forward to whatever's next episode me too okay i guess how hyped should we be for episode four since you've already seen it um, I I liked the whole show. Um, okay. I've read most of the comics at this point, and once we get to episode eight, maybe I'll jump on and and have some summary thoughts. But for now, I don't want I don't want to give away any more spoilers. Cool. Okay. Well, then with I guess with that, we're gonna wrap up this show. I want to say thank you to everyone for listening. Thank you to Kate and Danny for showing up. I know there was a, come up some other people listening live. Thank you for listening live. Um, where can people find you guys on the internet, uh, Danny? Uh, you can find me at Echo Spider on Twitter. That's my personal Twitter. And you can listen to my podcast at Next Issue Pod, uh, where we do all kinds of things. Yeah, it's nonstop over there at Next Issue Pod. Uh, Kate, what about you? Where can people find you? I'm Kate Kate Elfier at uh, Twitter and Goodreads and uh, Ravelry, the knitting website, if you're on there. I'm looking forward to your sweet tooth inspired uh, knits in the future. How about that? Of course. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you can follow me at Mike Rappin. You can follow IRCB podcast or the I read comic books podcast at IRCB podcast on Twitter, Instagram, ircbpodcast.com is our website where you can get all the other things that are I read comic books. Uh, I want to say this episode first episode aired on Patreon. I want to thank you. Thank all of our Patreon subscribers who've helped make not only this regular show plus the regular weekly show that we have, but all the exclusive content like Saga of Saga, uh, IRCB Movie Club, Giant Days of Our Lives, and more. Uh, you can find all that at patreon.com slash Podcast. And if you want to come and join one of these episodes live or just do a regular hangout with us or show up to our regular show, you can always join our Discord at ircbpodcast.com slash Discord where we do live episodes, but we also talk about comic books, tabletop RPGs, and so much more. The music for this episode is Beautiful CS by Robert Farmer. Thank you again for listening live. We appreciate it. And until next time, comics are good, and so are you.